This week on Jerusalem Dateline, a special Easter Passover program as Christians and Jews come to Jerusalem to celebrate the exodus of the Jewish people and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We look at the upper room, the tomb of Jesus, and retrace the steps of the children of Israel as they leave the bondage of Egypt 3,000 years ago. All this and more this week on Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. Coming to this week just outside the walls of Jerusalem's old city, where Jews and Christians are coming to celebrate both Easter and Passover. First, we retrace the steps of the ministry of Jesus. At the beginning of his ministry, he was baptized by John the Baptist, not far from here in the River Jordan. For Christians, being baptized in the Jordan River is a profound spiritual experience. Uh, because it's my dream and then Jesus uh, was baptized here and we were blessed. I feel like I birthed again because Jesus was baptized here. The site is called Qasr El Yehud. Israel developed this site for Christian pilgrims. And now about three quarters of a million people visit here each year. While there's no proof this is the exact location of the baptism of Jesus, it remains a special place. I read the Bible, I preach the Bible, and, uh, and for us to be here and actually experience it firsthand, it sort of underscores and uh, affirms what, uh, what they hear week after week uh, as we present God's Word to, uh, to the people. This is the area where some people believe the prophet Elijah ascended into heaven in a fiery chariot and where the children of Israel crossed over the River Jordan into the Promised Land. Tour guide Ben David Catriel gives two reasons why this might be the area Joshua brought the Israelites on their way to Jericho. There are passages on the Jordan, places that are easier to pass. That never changes, that's topography. But except that we have Jericho, that is no argument about the uh, location of Jericho. Actually, this is the first Aliyah that took place. This is a combination where the, the, the Bible or the stories of the Bible meet. Retired General Uzi Dayan says the Jewish people returned here from Egypt more than 3,000 years ago. Three millennia later, Jews are still returning to the land of Israel, where you can see biblical prophecies come to life. This can happen only here. You can't do that in any other country in the world. And if you believe in the book, so Israel is the best place for that. Come, make this part of your plans because this will enrich your faith and deepen your uh, devotion to Jesus, which is what it's all about. For many, it's especially meaningful just before the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As Christians celebrate Easter, they remember the Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples. Here in Jerusalem, the upper room is the traditional site of that Last Supper. And now Israeli archaeologists are finding more about this place with state-of-the-art technology. The Bible tells us Jesus had a final Passover meal with his disciples before going to the cross. The Cenacolum on Mount Zion is the traditional site, but is this where it really happened? Christian pilgrims from all over the world come here to the upper room to remember the Last Supper of Jesus Christ. Now Israeli archaeologists know more about this site than ever before. The Last Supper room is one of the most holy places in Jerusalem. We couldn't conduct here clear and classical archaeological excavation. 
So they turned to state-of-the-art technology to uncover the upper room secrets. Using laser measurement, laser scanning, and an advanced photography technique, we managed to create an accurate 3D model of the place. We even managed to penetrate inside the ancient stones. For years, many wondered, when was the room built and is it the real place? Suddenly, we needed to decipher signs and symbols from the wall. Suddenly, we managed to date it, and this wonderful structure is dating to the Crusader period. Archaeologist Amit Ra'em said they discovered two biblical symbols never before seen in the upper room. On the keystone, you could see the holy lamb, the Agnus Dei. On another keystone, there's a lion. The lion actually is a symbol of King David. Now we know according to the Bible that Jesus is a descendant of the Davidic dynasty. Underneath the 12th century Crusader church, there's evidence of a magnificent 4th century Byzantine church. And maybe the Byzantine built their church on much earlier and ancient sacred site. For many, visiting the upper room is a moving experience. It's fantastic. It's like this place has the power of the presence. Is like a different note on the scale of the Song of God. Being in Israel during this season and then being in places like the upper room just make a huge difference in my faith. Re'em says it's too early to know if this is the place Jesus had his last supper with his disciples. But he said he's learned one thing as an archaeologist about traditions. Hear this ancient tradition, explore them, because inside them is hidden some truth. These are busy days in Jerusalem as the city marks both Passover and Holy Week. Inside the old city walls, discoveries at Herod's palace have caught the attention of both Jewish and Christian scholars. More than 2,000 years of history are recorded in one building where Pontius Pilate may have sentenced Jesus before his crucifixion. John Wagi explains. At the western edge of the old city, the Tower of David stands above the walls. 16 years ago, archaeologists found a building while working on the Tower of David Museum. Records on its walls go back even before the time of Jesus and the Roman governor who sentenced him to the cross, Pontius Pilate. For years, experts suggested that Pilate handed down his death sentence from Antonius' fortress on the other side of the city, where the Roman soldiers were housed. But recent evidence, uncovered here at the site of King Herod's palace, indicates that the luxury-loving Pilate was more likely to have pronounced judgment here. Archaeologist Amit Re'em helped discover the palace site in 1999. He's familiar with the history on these walls from Herod's time until the British put a prison on it in the 1940s. Until now, those impressive walls are the only remains from Herod's palace. We do not know what happened to the superstructures, to the palace itself. Maybe it was destroyed in the big revolt. Maybe it was destroyed by the Romans. Maybe it was destroyed by by the Crusaders or the Ottoman. We don't know exactly where Jesus uh, was tried, where he had his uh, interview before Pontius Pilate, uh, but we know it's somewhere in Herod's palace. David Pelegi is pastor of Christ Church, just steps away from the site. 
We know that the palace of Herod the Great eventually became Roman property after Herod's death, and that every year Pontius Pilate would come from Caesarea to Jerusalem here during the time of Passover to oversee the security of the city during the festival that the Jews called the Feast of Freedom. And it was at this time where if there was going to be trouble in Jerusalem, it would be uh, during the Pas Passover holiday. Pelegi says that in a way, the Tower of David encompasses the entire life story of Jesus. Scholars have been saying for, for half a century that uh, the life of Jesus begins at the Tower of David or what was then Herod's palace. That's when the Magi come to visit King Herod. And his life ends basically when Pontius Pilate sentences him to death pretty much in the same location. So there's some very interesting irony in this story. Israeli archaeologist Rene Sivan is still struck by its power and opulence, even though she helped begin the digging. Jerusalem is like an onion. You peel it, peel it, peel it, and it never ends. But then you, you cry a bit, but not, not too much. That is what happens here. Pelegi calls the Tower of David the best museum in the city and says tourists would do well to start their journey here. Now we have the extra bonus of uh, having the, the very place where Jesus was sent to execution by Pontius Pilate, and this will help Christians better visualize those monumentous events that happened to uh, Jesus the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, in the last week of his life. And just a couple of miles away, the Mount of Olives, where scripture says he'll come again. John Wagi. CBN News, Jerusalem. Up next, come with us as archaeologists uncover what might be the tomb of Jesus Christ. 2023 marks Israel's 75th anniversary. Wanting only a homeland of their own, the Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. You can stand with the nation of Israel and support their basic right to exist through CPN Israel. Your donation makes it possible to give humanitarian aid to Israelis in crisis while simultaneously reaching millions worldwide with breaking news and award-winning films that tell the true story of the Jewish people. Will you stand with Israel during their 75th anniversary? Call 1-800-265-0996. Go to cbn.com slash support Israel or text CBN Israel to 91999. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. This Easter, spend time reflecting on Jesus' final week. In CBN's free devotional, The Hope for Redemption, you'll follow his path to Jerusalem, observe his last Passover meal, gain insight to his agony at Gethsemane, Witness his crucifixion and encounter the empty tomb. This Easter, realize afresh that he is risen. Get your free copy today.
call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Easter Devotion. For the first time in centuries, researchers have uncovered what some believe to be the tomb of Jesus inside the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's in the heart of Jerusalem's old city. Here's a story we did when a major restoration was done on the fourth century church. This National Geographic video shows workmen uncovering the marble slab over the tomb on October 26th. As the video says, the modest tomb has never before been photographed and no drawings exist. It reported conservationists were surprised to find something their instruments didn't detect, a layer of debris beneath the marble cover. Then underneath the debris, they found another marble slab with a cross carved into its surface. Then they saw the original burial bed. Emperor Constantine ordered the church built in the fourth century. His mother, Queen Helena, came here to discover the tomb where Jesus was buried. The Roman Emperor Hadrian in the second century built a temple here to the goddess Aphrodite. The historian Eusebius said he did it to cover the tomb where Jesus was buried. The examination of the tomb is part of a restoration project. Workers are preparing the structure known as the edicule, which means little house. It was built to protect the tomb. The last repair work done on the edicule took place over 200 years ago. Professor Antonio Marapulu leads the restoration and told CBN News earlier this year about the project. We will uh, remove the marble slabs, the stone slabs. Uh, we will inject grouts to homogenize the complex structure, which is the holy rock. That means that uh, we develop a unified structure, that all the layers will behave structurally as one. And upon this, after um, repairing uh, with new compatible and performing mortars and concrete, we will readjust the stone slabs with titanium bolts. For the workers, it's more than a job. Vasilio Cephalis is a Greek civil engineer. So very exciting because I'm a Christian Orthodox and I am working in Greece in uh, monuments like this. But uh, this is a specialized project, very specialized project. I don't believe that I can go to something bigger than this. Each one of us in front of the Holy Tomb uh, feels the, uh, the values of the Holy Tomb. And the Holy Tomb is the most alive place in the world. It gives the message of resurrection. Coming up, the story of Exodus from Egypt in the Bible. Did it really happen? Now, for a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. 
And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel. Now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning, the CBN News Quick Start Podcast. Each weekday morning at 7 a.m., get quick highlights of the day's important news, then an in-depth analysis that goes beyond the headlines, insights that matter to people of faith. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Find the CBN News Quick Start Podcast on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, because truth matters. All over the world, the Jewish people celebrate the exodus of the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But is the biblical story true? More than a decade ago, filmmaker Tim Mahoney began to investigate the exodus, one of the Bible's biggest story. His journey led to a personal faith crisis and an award-winning documentary that some people call a game changer. This is from the film, Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. According to the book of Exodus, Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness for 40 years. Then Joshua led them across the Jordan River over here near Jericho into the promised land. Some say it's just a fable, but others say this new documentary provides evidence that demands a verdict. I actually went to the location where the events were supposed to happen in Goshen in the eastern delta and uh, went to the archaeological sites and that's what I was told that there was no evidence for the exodus. Filmmaker Tim Mahoney's research into the exodus and the odyssey that followed produced startling results. Six steps in the right sequence and we matched the story of the Bible every six in all the steps and uh, shows evidence for the Bible that people have never seen before. The film proposes that when you get the timing right, archaeology matches history. The whole thing from the beginning of the sojourn in, in, in Egypt, the slavery, Moses and the Exodus, the conquest of the Promised Land is all there in one nice neat line, but it's way too early. You look for a collapse in Egyptian civilization, and that's where you'll find Moses and the Exodus. When you put those cities side by side, the biblical account and the archaeology match extremely well. There's this idea that Ramesses is the Pharaoh of the Exodus, and I think that that happens in a particular time of history. And when everyone looks at that particular time, they're actually correct that there is no evidence for the Exodus. But other archaeologists and Egyptologists were saying, but wait a minute, there are evidences that are earlier than Ramesses that match this story. Mahoney presents both sides of the archaeological argument. Did the exodus really happen? I hate to disappoint people, but we have no evidence for a single mass migration of people from one country coming into another country. I don't believe there was a single event that we can call the exodus. 
this person can't have seen all this. He imagined it. I'm very much against chronological revisionism. So far, there is no documented evidence about the Exodus. Exodus did not happen in the way that it is described in the text. How can we prove that? The film is very, very convincing because we give both sides of it. We let you hear from archaeologists who say there is no evidence and why, and then we let you hear from archaeologists and Egyptologists who say there is. Using state-of-the-art animation, groundbreaking archaeology, and new interpretation, it's already made a profound impact. We would show these films to people who had no understanding or interest in the story. Even atheists saw it. And what they said was, wow. Uh, I love this film, I love this approach. One atheist wrote, I guess you did prove that you know this event might have happened, but it doesn't mean that there were any miracles. An E, an A, and an L. Israel, Israel. Mahoney says it's a powerful tool to reach the skeptic. If you've got family members that don't believe in God or if you have people that, that are suspicious or want a scientific approach, this film gives you that type of opportunity to have those kinds of um, conversations. It's one of the most neutral and more, most intriguing types of films that allow you to have that opportunity. The film challenges a powerful notion that the Bible isn't true. For the last 50, 60, 70 years, people have been very critical of the Bible. If the story of the Exodus isn't true, then uh, what Jesus Christ said and, and the apostles about Moses and the Exodus, then those statements are false. Uh, the whole Bible is, has a foundation within this story of the Exodus. What this film does is that it actually shows where the pattern of evidence is, and uh, that, I think, has never been done before. The patterns of evidence that Mahoney found are compelling. Well, at each Passover, Jewish people around the world celebrate the Exodus from Egypt with the Passover Seder. One of the key elements is unleavened bread, or matzah. Here's a look at how they make matzah here in Israel. The Bible calls it the bread of affliction, unleavened bread or matzah. Every year, the Jewish people are commanded to retell the story of their exodus from Egypt and to eat unleavened bread for seven days. Because the Lord made them live very fast, they had to make uh, bread that didn't have time to rise, and uh, they, they ate these flat breads, which is matzah. Most Israelis take the commandment to eat unleavened bread very seriously, and many actually like it. Grocery stores like this one devote whole sections to it. And besides regular matzah, you can get egg, whole wheat, and even choco matzah. The regular matzah must be made of flour and water only. The flour would look to you and at like regular flour, but it's not regular flour. Roy Wolf is vice president of Matzot Aviv. He told CBN News the whole process, from mixing to rolling to shaping to baking, must be finished in 18 minutes, because the moment water touches the flour, it starts rising. In reality, our process is much, much faster. We want to be as efficient as possible, and the whole process takes no longer than three, four minutes. But every 15 minutes, in order to avoid uh, to have any leftovers of uh, leavened dough, we have to clean the mixer system. Wolf is the sixth generation to work in his family's business, which started in 1887. They've been in the current factory since 1946. In the basements here where we have the flower silos today, the Haganah, the first defense forces, used to hide the weapons from the British uh, mandate. Since 1946, we've been here making matzah. Uh, of course, the, the, the factory was refurbished several times. At Matzot Aviv, they make about 20 tons of matzah per day. They start in October and work around the clock for the last month 
except on the Sabbath, to provide matzah to Jewish communities in Israel and around the world. We are exporting uh, to over 35 countries, to all Jewish communities uh, around, the, uh, around the world. From the large communities in North America to even the smallest community, there's one person that's in Wallis Island. He's the doctor of the island, and we are sending him matzah every year. And so he will, have, he will be able to have a, a seder with, <laughs> with matzah from Israel. But we also have Christian communities buying matzah in countries like Korea and Singapore where it's, uh, I, I, the, uh, I've been told that in some churches it's been used as the, the holy bread. The Last Supper would have been a Passover seder with unleavened bread. Because of that, many Christians like to take communion with matzah. Some even say that the design of the matzah, striped and pierced, is symbolic of the Messiah himself. You might think with all this matzah making that the Wolf family would get tired of Passover, but not so. We're waiting for the Seder. We usually come very tired to the Seder because I'm working until the, the same day in the afternoon. But it means a lot. This holiday, of course, means a lot to us. One Israeli compared matzah to a data drive, passing along information from generation to generation. Coming up, what Christian pilgrims feel about being in Jerusalem to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Today we're helping Professor Fern pick vegetables. What is this? That is a gold nugget. <gasps> a gold <gasps> nugget? Oh no. What? They're sure to be a gold rush. Being generous often requires giving up things. <laughs> so what else are you going to spend it on, Rig? I've always wanted a horsey. What a day this has been. And to think, it all started by helping Professor Fern with food for the orphanage. I forgot about the orphanage. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Gizmo Go, Rig of the West, plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as a bonus, receive the Superbook Easter double feature, which includes The Last Supper, and He is Risen. Join Gizmo, Tina, and their robot friends at Quantum Labs for an all-new adventure. Rig of the West, yours when you join the CBN Animation Club. Act soon and receive a copy of the Superbook Easter Double Feature as our way of saying thanks. Here, we're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years. And to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us regent. Orphan's Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries, and with your help, we can do even more. We are out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? It's a special time of the year to be here in Jerusalem. Here's what some had to say about the experience. Just being here in the old city and uh, being where the, all these rocks are, the stones and things, the, you know, knowing this is where Jesus walked and uh, minister we just love being there the atmosphere is awesome i just love the the feast days and you know just all the people and you know it's resurrect resur resurrection sunday right is it special uh, for easter to be here yes it's very special because um i know from us because we're armenians it's like uh, 
a blessing to be here, but it's not about the uh, place where I am. Wherever I am, Jesus is my uh, savior. He is the one who's with me all the time. Jesus Christ is not a religion. Jesus Christ is uh, it's God. He, he came to, to save us and, and we believe in him. The history is, is Jesus Christ here and the, the people, the Bible history. What is it like for you to be here during Easter week? Oh, it's marvelous. <laughs> it's the best place we ever can be. Well, it is an exciting time to be here in Jerusalem. Well, to all our Jewish friends, Hag Pesach Sameach, Happy Passover. And to our Christian friends, Happy Easter, Resurrection Day. That's all for this edition. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.